everyone, welcome back to another episode of Straight Up. Hello. How is everyone today? We are extremely, extremely gassed because we have what might be one of our most favourite episodes of all time. Ready and waiting for you here, Hans. We did turn to each other after the interview, grinning from ear to ear and both said at the same time, that was our favourite. It is with none other than Swedish superstar Tovlo slash Tuvalu. Um, you'll hear a little bit more about the pronunciation later. She is a multi-platinum selling, Grammy-nominated artist who has written for everyone from Dua Lipa to Ellie Goulding, the latter of whom she wrote the inescapable Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack for. Um, but in her own music, she's even more out there. She's not like the average pop princess. She's a risque figure. She's got a vagina tattoo on her arm, which I love. She um, writes about things like getting high and, um, you know, drinking to like escape the sadness of relationship she's not afraid to flash fans on stage she's flash upper or lower bit upper upper obviously yeah yes yeah, so i think that would be a little too much anyway um maybe i'm being a prude who knows well maybe. but her new album dirt femme explores like every asset of femininity in all its glory i loved the bits where she talks about the contradictions around motherhood and starting a family and the yes. push and pull of those different um desires as a woman oh she's just like the dance led pop queen there's some sg lewis bangers on there and we just are obsessed with how open she is she talks about everything from like her sex life to her work life how she feels about herself body image she actually gave us a sex tip she did she did which we you'll have to listen to the end for that one you will i mean she is just a superstar and she's definitely one of the most um important people in mainstream pop she's collaborated with kylie Coldplay. So if you haven't yet heard her, go onto Spotify, have a little listen, and trust me, you will know those songs. You will. You'll know habits. You'll know Talking Body. Also, it was just so cute to see her in her little pajamas in her bedroom in Los Angeles. <gasps> oh it my was God, so it was real. So cute. So we zoomed because obviously she lives in LA, and yeah, it was like six pm for us, ten am for her, and she was literally doing her morning routine, putting her serum on. It was the cutest. I think she's actually probably the nicest celebrity I've interviewed. It was like talking to a friend. I know. Do you think that's like a Swedish thing, or do you think that's just a her thing? Because you know how people always say that Swedish people are nice? That's so true. I mean, I could, I, d- I don't know loads of Swedes, I'm not going to lie. So any Swedish listeners, let us know if yes. I'm being wildly incorrect. Are you just extra kind? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, enjoy guys. You are going to love this. You really are. We always say that. But seriously, this is like eavesdropping on the juiciest gals chat. Yes, just... it is. Like, like a little sleepover party. Um well, implement those sex tips at home. Let yeah. us know how you get on. Our DMs oh, yeah. are no, always I, open. <laughs> I would prefer broad feedback on that one. Than I would specifics. prefer specific feedback, as you all know. You would. <laughs> um, so DM us at Straight Up Pod. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback on the last few episodes. Apparently, I did pronounce Barry Manilow right. Yes, you've been vindicated. And apparently you got a restaurant name wrong. Oh, I did. Well, yeah, sorry, guys. Um, One very kind US listener let me know that when I spoke about Ferdy, the restaurant in New York, talking about Kanye West meeting um, the Vogue editor there, I was in fact wrong. And it is the new the Paris restaurant that they met at. And our lovely NYC listener would like everyone to know that the New York outpost of Ferdy is not worth going to. So please ignore everything I said on that. Do not try it out. God. It's not a good restaurant. There are plenty of other Italians that you can hit up when you're in the Big Apple. At one point, we should give our New York recommendations. We should, given your boyfriend lived there for two years. And we did a GQ and we went City there. Guide. Yeah. Also, so I just realised uh, the correct pronunciation is actually Manilo. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh my God, the saga that I won't know. end. Anyway, uh, please rate, review and subscribe. Send this episode to a friend who's going to love it. Uh, and thank you. Bye. Bye. Right, guys, before we jump in, if you have been lusting after a new pair of speakers that will stop you feeling embarrassed about how small and tinny your carefully curated playlist sounds, next time you get friends over, we got you. Yes, we do, because longtime friends of the podcast and esteemed British audio specialist QQ6 have a banging new product that is perfect for music lovers on a budget the M20 HD Wireless Music System. L, why are they so brilliant? Well, babes, these super sleek, compact speakers deliver next level high resolution stereo audio and the distortion free Aptex HD Bluetooth means you can stream wirelessly from a smartphone laptop, tablet, and also connected games console, TV, turntable, set-top box, or a CD player. Bougie! So essentially, whether you want an immersive movie night or a cheeky little house party, the M20s really do do it all. Yep, plus the M20s are actually the perfect step on the hi-fi ladder, because you don't need cables or an amplifier or even a music source to plug into. All you need to get them up and running is to plug them into a power source. And you can have them anywhere at home, be that shelf, desktop, or speaker stands. Ideal for music nerds like us, who are in fact not techie at all. 
Also, for anyone who hates a trailing cable as much as we do, then you'll be glad to know that all the bits are hidden inside. The M20s are so neat and so chic, they come in black, white, and a very gorgeous retro walnut. We appreciate speakers are a big investment, but if you're looking to upgrade your sound system, then honestly, these are the best and most reasonably priced speakers out there. And I am loving lying on my sofa just listening to an album from start to finish. Dreamy. And can I just say, even Taylor Swift uses QAQ6 speakers, so what better endorsement, I ask you, is there than that? None. Whether you're a host with the most, or if you love a little Netflix and chill done properly, then these are the speakers for you. For more details on the M20 HD wireless music system, head to qacoustics.co.uk. That's qacoustics, the letter Q, .co.uk. Thank you so, so much to qacoustics. Okay. Yeah, firstly, thank you so much for doing this. We're so excited. Of um, course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we can see a little bit of your bedroom. You, so mm -hmm. where are you? Who are you with? Like, what, what day is this for you? It is, what day is it? It's Thursday? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's Thursday. I am in LA in my house, uh, in my bed currently. I usually have a, I have um, like in a, my own like little studio writing space, but um, my husband's sister and a boyfriend are staying in there right now. So this is my sanctuary for the day. <laughs> Wearing excellent pajamas. Um, Yes, wearing excellent pajamas and um, yeah, uh, I live in this house with five people, well, seven currently, um, which is super fun, but also quite intense. So who is it? It's yourself, your husband, who are the other It's me, three? my husband, and then three of our best friends. So it's Jessie who, um, it's funny, she helped me plan my uh, release party for Dirt Femme nice. a week ago. So I'm just putting on my serum. Uh, and I love it. It's like a soothing. <laughs> this is literally what I watch on YouTube. Yeah. It's like yeah. the Get Ready yeah. With Me videos. This is great. Exactly. This is what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the serum I use is Hannah Cure. <laughs> you need to do the hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but like, oh, I love living with her. Um, That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's very cute. She's awesome. And then her boyfriend, Tim is uh, Tim from The House, who I've done a lot of songs with on this album as well, like True Romance, Grapefruit, How Long, uh, Kick in the Head. Um, True Romance is my favourite. Oh, really? Your oh, voice you so in that, like the way it's like almost like, it's like so visceral. Yeah. Mm. We actually only did one, like once I'd finished the lyrics and we had like all the melodies and everything, I just did one take of that and then no. we're like... That has to be the one. Like, yes. you can't change it. Do you know what That's it feels it. like? Like, that. the emotion in it is, like, so raw. I know, it kind yeah. of makes me want to cry yeah. when I listen to it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, like, very effective. It's extremely dramatic, yeah. <laughs> also, I want to know, if you're living with that many people, like, unless you mm -hmm. have two sitting rooms and two TVs, like, how are you navigating, like, which couple gets to have date night? Well, we also have <laughs> Sam, uh, our, our bachelor, who lives with us, uh, who also is an incredible musician. He works in music as well. Uh, but... Um, I don't know, we just get along. Like we all just watch something that we all want to watch. And like, we're kind of, everyone, you know what it is? Everyone has their own room and bathroom. That's the, uh, that's crucial. the savior. Yeah. The and obviously we're in especially. LA, so there's a lot of, yeah, the bathroom is very important. But we have a lot of outdoor space. Uh, and also living in LA, obviously, you know, you use the outdoor areas. Yeah. <laughs> so. Everyone has like the little area where they sit and work. When Tim has a Tim has a studio in here, I do too. And then um, Jesse and my husband Charlie usually sit like and work from the living room. And then Sam usually sits outside um, in this little cabana thing because he has calls all day. Um, but yeah, it's actually working out really well. But then some days I'm in this mood where I'm like, I just want everybody out of my fucking house. <laughs> 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 And it's not yes. personal to them. It's more like me needing my space, you know. Yeah. I feel like that with my boyfriend. I'm like, please, yeah. just leave my fucking house. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Yes. Why are you breathing? Well, yesterday he came home at 9 p.m. and he promised me that he'd be out till like 11. He was like, I'm so sorry I'm home early. I was like, fuck's sake, I haven't finished my TV show. Very disappointing. Isn't it that thing? Because I feel like I have things that I do on my own that I don't want anybody to see. Yeah. That it's just like, and it's not anything like embarrassing, but I just want to do it on my own alone. Yes. And I don't think, I don't think Charlie has that at all. He can, he's so social. It's like crazy. He's like, 
him and like one of my best friends who I got to know through through him as well. She they're like very similar people and they just can't get enough of being around other human beings. And I am very social. I thought I was very social until <laughs> we started <laughs> dating. I'm like and now living together and it's just like he have no has no problem ever being like he never needs to be alone and I don't he can be alone. It's not like I don't want to be alone that way, but he just doesn't need it. Like and I I so need my own time yes. to be like, this is my time for my weird things that I do by myself. <laughs> but also just like, <laughs> you never get to watch the stuff on TV you want if you always have to <laughs> run it by someone else. Yeah, compromise a little bit. Yeah, that's true. But I think um, we usually do, like we kind of take turns. Like if, you know, everyone is kind of honest about it. I feel like I've chosen a lot of the stuff we've been watching lately. Can we like, you know, and me and Jesse will do that sometimes. We're like, Tonight's um, girls' night, and we want to watch like something like silly. As much as I used to like hate this as growing up, I'd be like, oh, why is it? Why is it like so stereotypically girly? Like girls like these movies, and I'm like, I love these movies. I want to watch <laughs> like Heartbreakers, yeah. all these like kind of oh, silly, funny comedies. Need to watch yeah, it. it's great. Mean yeah. Girls, but I mean, the boys love it too. They're like, it's really fun to watch this kind of stuff. We never do. I'm like, it's because you don't know that you want it, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we always start with the little icebreaker. But firstly, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. something to check before we run through. Yes. Mm-hmm. We may well have just been pronouncing your name wrong. We saw a video <laughs> on Instagram the other day. It is, in fact, Tuvalu, right? Yes. And we've yes. been saying Tovlo. Perfect. So, <gasps> so we should say Tuv. Tuva? Yes. Tuva. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Thank you, because we cool. are known among our listeners for having shocking pronunciation of, of names. Of just normal so English words. We're not, yes. not the best at that. Um, so glad we got that sorted. Um, I think as long as you say it confidently, like no one will question you. So yeah. Just... <laughs> yes. Once I did like a video, it was like years ago now, but I did a video interview with Sean Mendes and I mispronounced um, Camille Cabello. And I literally <laughs> still get ripped for that now on YouTube. They're like, what is wrong with that girl? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Can burn. I love the passion people have for things that like isn't really like you're not like I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with her and say her name wrong because yeah. I don't like her like it's not exactly your <laughs> that's not your intention yeah people feel strongly they do. strongly uh, but yeah so we always start with an icebreaker and we mm-hmm. wanted to ask you if you could tell us about the last time that you had a little bit too much to drink however maybe more appropriate given your in your PJs, you've just woken up. You could tell us about your worst hangover from hell. Oh, yes. Um, because you well, should can, be always tell you about over both. a drink. We've got ours. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like, I would, but... Yes. I'm like, it's water. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it was not that long ago. It was, it was embarrassingly not that long ago. Like, I feel like it should be... Um, it wasn't the worst hangover, but it was the worst... It was the drunkest I've been in a while. It was my, so uh, two of my friends from um, New Zealand got married in Bali. And uh, we it was actually just like, when was it, mid-September? And uh, it was like, my, I had two weeks off for the first time in a long time. And I was like, let's go. Like, we can make it work. Like, we can we can get this. So me and my, it's, uh, my husband's from New Zealand. So it's his, um, his friends um, that I've gotten to know really well. And we, we went and... I don't know, Swedes drink quite a lot and get pretty hammered, but like New Zealand was another level. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time there, but this wedding, it was like, it was like, as soon as I was standing without a drink, it was like, why aren't you drinking? I was like, (laughs) oh, I I am drinking. I've had like six margaritas. I don't know. Like, they're like, are you pregnant? I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just told you I had six margaritas and you're still asking me if I'm pregnant. I was like, no. <laughs> so it was just like, you had to constantly have a drink in hand, which was lovely, you know, it was super fun. But at 12, I usually like, you know, I stay up to like six, you know, I like to go to bed just before sunrise. And I, at 12.30, I like had to run to our room and like puke. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't even put a scent. I was talking to this girl that I hadn't like talked to all night. And it was kind of like a, I was like, you're surprisingly sober. Like, why can you put sentence together and I can't? And then I just like, I'm sorry, I have to go. Uh, I have to go. And I just ran <laughs> to our room and just like 
threw up like I haven't done in years. Oh my god. <laughs> That's probably the worst. At least I didn't like puke on anybody or like on the know, dance floor. Say something bad. Like yeah. I or was wet just, yourself. That was Yeah, exactly. I didn't want <laughs> Yes, I did not wet myself, luckily. <laughs> And I was like, wrote Charlie, I was like, I'm so sorry. I like, I just threw up. Like, I think you have to go to bed. Like, I, I feel like such a failure. And then he just comes crawling in like 20 minutes later. He's like, thank God you're here. I can't do this anymore. He's like, I need to go to bed. Oh my like, God. I'm too drunk. <laughs> Are you an embarrassing drunk? Like, or do you hold it together yeah. until you're sick? No, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty bad drunk. I, 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 that's, I like, I usually don't get, um, that drunk because I I can't trust my mood like I can get quite bitchy and like uh, aggressive so (laughs) so I just like have to like just kind of out of nowhere just it flips so (laughs) I try to be quite careful so that I don't like um get to that point (laughs) offend everyone you know and like yes exactly yeah exactly yeah Yeah. take it out on people that don't deserve it you know (laughs) (laughs) so we like a cocktail here at straight up what is your go-to order at a cocktail bar um probably spicy margarita oh your woman Mm. after our own heart it's our fave when is the spicy (laughs) that's your fave too nice when is the spicy margarita trend gonna end it's been like two years now that's all people do i know well they've started adding pineapple here um, which is something I've done kind of like on my own as well like tequila pi- like tequila soda with some pineapple mm. juice is also another favorite if I like had enough of the spicy margaritas but um, that I like because it adds like a little bit of sweetness and then you can like you don't have to have too much of the syrup or anything because that gives me a pretty bad hangover I feel like yes. but honestly if I have a few margaritas I don't feel it the next day I'm like totally fine oh same that's mm. your thing with tequila, mm. isn't it? Mm. Wish I was mm-hmm. the same. I'm not. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. You get a really bad hangover from tequila? I just get really bad hangovers full stop, unfortunately. Uh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, but you probably mix it. Yeah, probably. She, yeah. No, I'm good on tequila because it's all I'll drink. It's, mm-hmm. You just need to yeah. just make sure that's the only thing. You don't Stick do that. Stick to one thing and you're fine most exactly. of the time. Except you have like eight or ten drinks and maybe you'll still feel it but you know (laughs) okay so talk to us a little bit about your daily schedule obviously you're on full album promo mode at the moment but like what do you get up to when no one's looking do you have any hobbies that might surprise us talk us through your day um I feel like when I'm home it so depends on when I'm on tour or not but when I'm home usually I wake up and the first thing I do is uh order a coffee even though I have a coffee machine and then uh walk our dog um, oh. who we all share she's a communal dog cute <laughs> what's um, she called she's Peggy oh. um, she is a little well, let me show you a photo because I have a million so you uh, like chose her is, together well not really <laughs> so I during the during COVID when we were all in lockdown I was like could we possibly foster a dog just because I don't feel like writing music and I'm so bored and I don't have a purpose and uh, <laughs> like uh, there she is. Oh, oh my god. god. Those little paws. Really cute. What yeah, kind she of has dog one is ear that? up, one ear down. Oh, huh? I love her. What kind of dog is that? I have no idea. She's a mix. <laughs> she's from she's from um they she was found in a ditch in Tijuana with three puppies. So her puppies were like a week old and mm, we survive? were like, "Oh, yeah, they did." So we had them all oh, for like wow. till we saw them like open their eyes and like uh uh, start to walk and it was so cute so we had them until they were like nine weeks absolute mayhem the last three weeks they were just shitting everywhere and peeing everywhere and i was just like what why did we do this but they were so cute but then they all got adopted and then somebody was going to adopt the mom peggy and we just me and jesse we were like i don't think those people were yeah no i don't know about them like the sweetest like couples came in and like uh, looked at her and we were like no something's wrong like yeah yeah, no totally and then we we like asked the the boys in the house were like guys how would you feel about if we kept peggy like she's such a chill dog and we've gone really attached to her and the boys were like we think it's a horrible idea you two are gone the most uh all the time and she hates all of us and is terrified of us like just feels like the really wrong thing for for our lives once the world is open again we're like so we're keeping her. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
<laughs> but now they love her. Now we're like, yeah, it's a now she's a family dog. Um, oh, Sam, Sam even bought her a little bandana that she's wearing. It's very cute. Who keeps her um, if, when you move out? Um, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like me. I mean, me and Jesse. Um, me and Jesse are like the main sort of caretakers of her. But um, yeah, I don't think no nobody's moving out anytime soon. <laughs> it's a uh, <laughs> no, yeah. that's the future us problem. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do that, and then um, usually I either go to the studio that's like down the street um, for a session. Um, there's always people in town, so go out to dinner, go to a show. Um, on the weekends, we tend to throw a lot of parties at our house. Or um, oh. so you're yeah. a great host. Yes, nice. definitely a great host. I'm kind of like if it's close friends, I'm like you guys fix it like we can be here but you guys bring the booze and stuff if we don't have like enough at home but um usually we do <laughs> do you have um do you do themed parties is it like fancy dress theme yes well i would say that that's jesse's thing she has we have so much like there's no space for any storage because there's just decor and every like every cabinet in the house is like well, this this is for when we have our seventies like fondue party, like, and then this is for when we have Easter brunch and like all these things, um, which I love. It's, oh, it's amazing! <laughs> um, but it's kind of cute. We do so. We like we work out together. We go. We do walk the dog together. It's like all very, um, yeah. We do a lot of stuff together. I don't know if I have any ho- hobbies that's like weird. I like to paint, but I'm not very good at it. Um, mm. Yeah. But otherwise, I kind of, I mean, I'm always kind of working, honestly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Honeys, we have the most exciting discount code for you. If you, like me, are a person with periods who feels very icky about using products that are filled with harsh chemicals, plastics, and toxins, then you absolutely need Dame in your life, the most superior eco-period brand out there that is better for your body and the planet, which we have an incredible 25% off for our listeners, all you need to use is the code UP25 on the Dame website. They also happen to be a previous partner of the pod, as long-time listeners will know, and we are so thrilled to have them back supporting straight up for another run of episodes this season, because trust us when we say that once you try Dame, you will never go back to mainstream brands again. Yeah, we are both complete converts to the sustainable and reusable products since discovering Dame maybe about a year ago now, and the thought of using anything else actually makes me feel slightly anxious, I can't lie. I found Dame having started for the first time just to think about how problematic period care can be not just the landfill issue but also what's actually in them you know tampons they're going inside your body literally and yet there's so little transparency about the fact they have so much bleach and other harmful chemicals in them it's just another example to be honest of how women's health has been historically sidelined neglected but i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole now because trust us when we say that we are an evangelical about dame's period care for a reason the organic cotton tampons are like the best we ever use without doubt and also the reusable pads game changer no honey they are I am obsessed with the reusable applicator set in particular, especially the cute little pouch that it comes with, so handy for when you're out and about. Also, I love the subscription option if you buy directly via Dan. Dame's website as it means that I can stock up well in advance. You know, I'm a forgetful Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> no, sorry guys, we are on the puns. My most recent purchase was actually the 12 month supply of tampons because I was like, I'd rather just do it in one order, never think about it again. Um, but I am very into the reusable pads, um, which I was surprised about myself because obviously I'm not a huge fan of the traditional throwaway ones, but equally I'm very, very paranoid about leakage. So they have solved that problem for me entirely, especially for those days when you're like out and about all day, you don't know what toilet access is gonna be like, i.e. day festival. Yeah, they're a lifesaver and they're really very comfortable too. Day festival and hotel beds. Yes. Yeah. So the idea of washing them can sound a little bit off-putting in theory, but in practice, it's the most minor thing in the world and really shouldn't even be up for debate when you think about the pollution caused by one-time use sanitary products. Also, Kathleen, I know that you're already on the waiting list, but listeners should know that Dame is finally launching its period pants with storage solutions later this year, which we cannot wait to get our mitts on. I literally can't wait, but I love a pair of period pants. Um, Any questions, guys, do not hesitate to drop us a DM and we'll be there to help. You can shop Dame via their website, which is wearedame.co. That's wearedame.co. Or alternatively, just keep your eyes peeled in Sainsbury's Boots, Waitrose and Onocardo. And don't forget, the discount code is UP25. Thank you so much to Dame. 
Well, talking of work, so when we listened to the Enhanced album, you begin the, you begin by saying, uh, you know, welcome to Dirt Firm. This is a little known fact. The female scorpion eats the male scorpion after they make love. Great little <laughs> fact that I didn't know. What is it about this like sense of sexual power that underpins the album and scorpions? Um, I think I'm like, I am a Scorpio. So that felt like, you know, good connection. And it's supposed to be, I mean, every time I say that, uh, every time I tell some, I'm not very into astrology. Like I don't know a lot about it, but whenever I tell someone who is, they're like, oh, that makes total sense. (laughs) And I'm like, why? (laughs) And then they always say it's because of like that, like scorpions have a very like sort of Scorpios, not scorpions, Scorpios have a, a very sort of, um, intense sexual energy and sexual confidence. And I guess I've always had that, I feel like. Um, And then I think also maybe it's a bit something that I enjoy. Maybe this is wrong of me, but uh, something that I feel is uh, progress after the Me Too movement, Um, the way that we now celebrate feminine feminine traits and femininity in all all humans you know um as a strong thing and not the masculine you know i used to think that like a strong woman was a masculine woman like Mm. that was like you know and i don't i don't think that's true um but i remember that was how i would if i just look back i was like that's probably how i would view was a, a strong woman was someone who could like move around um around men and be, you know, a girl who can hang. And like be a it, corporate like, girl know. and a yeah, power suit. Yeah, like a cool, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's true anymore. <laughs> it's not the only way to be a strong woman. Um, but I think uh, I do feel this difference in that, like, I like that some men who don't know how to talk to me because they're scared to say the wrong thing. Um, feeling that I'm so in charge of the situation, not because I'm making it sexual or anything, but just because he's nervous about, because he knows if he can't, he can't have a hold over me. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, I yeah. feel like that's a difference. I used to, you know, it was such a exhausting process, like when I was starting out in the industry and being, um, you know, trying to make a name for myself and make way as a writer and as an artist. But honestly, as a writer first, it was um, sitting in meetings with these A&Rs and and, um, going into sessions with people I didn't know very well, um, uh, like these kind of American bro producers (laughs) who, you know, just loved to make me feel uncomfortable or tried, you know, and it was such a like trying to navigate how to not... um, have to turn down their million, like, uh, just sexual comment or offers or whatever, you know, like, uh, and not because, no, I don't think necessarily they all wanted to sleep with me. I think they just wanted to make me feel like if they wanted to, they could or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's that like that weird just... thing. So it's a long answer to this question, but um, I, f- I feel like that those guys would be so scared of me now. Cause they would, they like, I'm so vocal. I'm such a like, you know, I'm a feminist. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that energy is like, um, you know, and I would say I would back then I maybe didn't say when I was, you know, I would kind of laugh and like say something, double down on something dirtier so that they were like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, you're one of the guys kind of thing. Whereas now I would just be like, why did you say that? That's really like offensive to me and, and gross. Mm. Do you think that's like an, a maturity thing, like in terms of your age, or do you think that's Probably, like a success yeah. thing with the music or I, a bit of both? I think it's a combination of um, like having stood up for myself, combination of also the you know Me Too movement sort of changing the game, and um, also just me being more comfortable in, in like having a role that that I, uh, where I feel confident, yeah. Mm. I really liked the quote as well, you said recently in an interview about how um, you used to kind of be like derided as like a bad role model or like trashy <laughs> and like now you're like the champion of female empowerment, but like you haven't <laughs> changed, it's like the culture yeah. it has yeah. in how yeah. people read it. 
Love no, that. that's I, I I think that is like it it feels very clear to me, obviously, because you like um I like yes, I've always obviously I write about new things as I evolve as a human being and like my life changes, but it's still very much, you know, it's still there's still like sex, drugs and party just for various reasons, you know, mixed in with all the like, do I want a baby? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of so I feel like just having that um, be the change and kind of like, oh, you can you can be this sort of, um, you know, flawed person, but still be a serious artist like it. One doesn't, you know, alienate the other. And I think that was kind of when I started out, it was very much like especially if you were like a female pop artist, it was like, you're being too blunt, you're being too dirty, you're being too, like, uh, we need to put you in a box. You're only supposed to, you're supposed to be sexy, but you're only supposed to insinuate about it. You're not supposed to just mm. give it up, you know? Like, like don't walk in there with your legs spread. Like, it's not, <laughs> that's not the, you know, like, it's kind of that. Um, which which is, now feels so outdated, you know? Like, even, even yeah. talking about it, I'm like, we're so past that point. Yeah. And at least in, you know... The area where I live my life. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us then about how maybe some of the male music execs felt when you released, well, when you showed them the absolutely amazing song Pineapple Slice, which <laughs> we love. We love. Should get everyone yes. in the mood. I mean, it is very sexy. It's amazing. In the best way. Thank you. I've definitely been on a lot of people's like sex playlists, I think. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it's so it was so funny. I, I I wrote that song with with Ashley Lewis, who's a very dear friend of mine now, and we like we did call on me together, which is like mm. I, I think it. like the flirty when you meet on the dance floor moment, and then pile of pineapple slices for when you're home together, you know, yeah. and you're like, okay, let's go. Getting down to business. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but but the the um, it was just like he said some joke like. He was like, yeah, I always feel like you, it's like you just always push it like with your lyrics. And I'm just like, but you never go overboard. And I'm like, I'll show you overboard. And, I just <laughs> in. Um, and it was just really fun. And, and I and I mean, my, my only thing is like, I, I played the whole album for my parents. I'm like, I'm not playing this one. Like, I, can't, <laughs> I can't play it to them. And they're like, mom is like, what about there's another fruit song? I saw that on your, on, <laughs> when you posted song. the track list. I'm like. I'm not playing you that one. Not like, that free. Why not? We can handle it. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> Trust me, you can't. <laughs> but because it's, you know, it's my own label now. So, and, and I would say everyone that I work with at Emma Theory is, is not the, mm. there's no, like, um, there are definitely men working there who are lovely, but they're, it's not the male label exec you know like that it's not that that guy isn't there there's so really you nice guys <laughs> released that song had you been on a major label i think so yes because i will now. say that yeah. yeah i will say that i was very i'd never felt like they were trying to to um change who i was as an artist i think they really um uh were really into what I was doing. It was more like at certain points they were like, we don't what you want to do is not the most commercial viable way mm. to to release something. This is not how, you know, me like wanting to build a world and make short films. They were like, this is just not like the way to do it, you know? And but they still they didn't stop it. They just didn't really know maybe how to support it fully mm. always. Um but that I think because you know they have the power to not put it out. And they never did that. They tried to to really like accommodate what I wanted to do. But but you know, it's a major label. Their main goal is to sell as many records as possible. Mm, and this is course. something after starting my own label, I've kind of realized it's like I was, you know, as frustrated as I could be and as much as I would fight to get exactly what I wanted, they always let me fulfill my vision, which is like, you know, um very special. That's um, right. But it feels obviously amazing now to just have the last word on everything and just be like, no, yeah. <laughs> or this is what we're doing. <laughs> and has your husband yeah. heard the song? Yes. What he oh, think? he loves it. He loves oh, it. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, I know, I know it's a great song when I feel a little bit jealous when I listen to it. I'm like, it's good. I was like, it's about yeah. you, baby. He's like, I know about it. Oh. Um, in a similar way, but also very different, I guess. So Suburbia is actually my fave. I just love the, oh, love it. You. Like, I just love the production, love everything about it. But it's obviously about kind of not wanting this like conventional domestic life. And like, as you mentioned before, like an ambivalence around mm. um, having children. Um, did you think like when you were writing it and when you put it on the album that it was like something radical to be so open about and like is it always something that you've known like that you have this ambivalence around wanting children and now you're 34 it's something that you're facing or is it a new thing well so I think I've never dreamt about family or getting married like my whole life you know, I remember we're like in like in kindergarten, they're like, let's play wedding. And I'm like, oh, no, like I just wasn't <laughs> like it just wasn't. I've always like been into love, but like the, you know, the sort of like passionate, quick, you know, stranger. You have a moment and then you like leave each other after a few months of just like destructive something. Like, I just feel like I never thought that I would. I just thought I wouldn't let anybody know me to that point where I'm like, I'm completely committed to you. I think that was like my, um, and also my feeling is like the ultimate vulnerable thing to do is to have a child with someone. And I think that like, I don't know, maybe all that just made me like, I do not want to be in a place where I am like, you're stuck here, mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, I think that's always been why I'm like, I love being on the road. I love traveling. I love like, you know, I always, like in a kind of sad way like I would be kind of like I like when people don't count on me like I just want to be a kind of free-floating person who comes in and out of people's lives and it's not someone that like because I I can handle my own I don't need anybody like that was mm. kind of my attitude and then I met Charlie and I was like fuck <laughs> like this is like really quickly I was like I think this and they might also have to do you know you I've I've been through some great and some bad relationships I've had a lot of like time to explore um uh the queer part of myself you know i've mm -hmm. kind of lived uh i've been on my own I've, I've developed friendships i've developed a career like i've been through a lot of things that i wanted to so maybe it's also like all of a sudden you're ready to meet somebody that you want to be with but i did definitely didn't think i was and then i met him and very quickly i was like i think this might be like this is a very special person i don't want to like mess this up and so and he's you know i've been very i've made him pain painfully aware that I do not want to get married. I do not want children. I like, don't ever think that we're going to have a traditional life, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, and he's kind of like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I just want to be with you. Like, we don't have to declare this <laughs> every month that this yeah. is not something you want. But then we were talking about how, you know, he's from New Zealand, I'm from Sweden. And we, again, this is a very long answer to your question, but um, we were like kind of, just talking about like, oh, it's crazy now, like also in the pandemic, like we can't go anywhere. Like if I, I had to go to Sweden for work and I was like, you can't come with me. What if I can't get back into America, even though I had a visa and everything? What if, do I have to, like, I can't go to New Zealand. Like there's nowhere in the world where we can meet right now. Like we'll just be without each other because we're not married. And so we we're just talking about that. Like that is kind of, and crazy. And, and then I think the, the conversation has kind of evolved into like, well, you know, I want to be with you for the rest of my life, right? We'll just kind of had that conversation. And then he proposed to me like two weeks later. And then we eloped to Vegas with some of our friends two weeks after that. And then just got married, like really just like. Oh, bye -bye. I love it. <laughs> and it was so amazing. Like I, I was like, it was obviously very untraditional. Did you wear white? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it would be like a I suit wore white. It was, yeah. it was, no, it was a very poofy 80s wedding dress and he Ooh. wore like a light blue tuxedo like it was just oh, like a it. it wasn't supposed to be a theme but it just kind of became a theme but it was awesome it was so fun um but yeah but I still feel like I don't know and I love I actually love being married like I, I like I wear this like black stone and everything and I feel very cool and it's cute but I I still don't know how I feel about kids like I love children like in general, <laughs> like my my friends' kids, my cousins' kids, like I, I I adore them. I love to hang out with them, but I just don't know if I see that in our life. But then sometimes I'm like, 
maybe we should just do it. Like everyone seems to think it's pretty great. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really know, like this. Um, I'm kind of similar to you and it's not something <laughs> mm. I've ever really thought about. And I'm always like, when is the maternal urge going to like kick in? Because yeah, same. I don't feel I'm like... I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. But there was a lyric on one of your songs and I can't remember which one now, but where you talk about um, one of your fears is that your partner will love the baby more than you. Yeah, yeah. And that is, I sound so selfish when I say that, but that is genuinely like, it'll get yeah. in the way of our amazing yeah. relationship and I won't yeah. be number one anymore. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, everyone I talk to, my friends are like, oh yeah, no, like my, like I love my kids way more than my, my boyfriend yeah. or my husband. You know, that's just like how it goes. And I'm like, but that's sad. But I maybe know. it's not sad. I don't, maybe it because it's sad. like a primal... <laughs> love yeah I don't know and to be honest I didn't think that it was a controversial subject to sing about in the way that I do it it's obviously like but when I played it some of my friends who have kids they were like you know not they did not love it they were just like interesting this is how you view my choices in my life I'm like oh my god this has got nothing to do with you I'm just this is me (laughs) like I'm just you know it's like well singing about how you don't want to like be a step for rival. Is something wrong with like wanting family and tradition and living in like a in a home where you you can raise your kids? I was like, no, that's all beautiful. I'm just saying, and I was like, I just feel I don't feel I don't want to be in a traditional setting where people ha- that's just not the values I have, and yeah. that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with having a house and having kids and, and like having a safe, you know, I grew up in a, in a safe space, you know, like I grew, I grew up like that, but I never felt that I was free to be me. And yes, that's spoiled and it's, you know, but that's just the truth. Like I want a different kind of life. Hence why I live in a collective still yeah. at 34. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just how I feel. Yeah. No, mm. I love that. I think actually my friends just um, moved to Lisbon and they, also live yes. in massive groups mm. like you can't actually get a flat that's like less than eight to ten people and I was like oh no. my god how are you gonna cope but it's actually really fun yeah right. and I think like yeah. you I think also for me who after touring for so long yeah I you get good at being taking your own space and being alone around other people and I think that was my like that was my number one sort of um thing before I started touring I was like and, you know, we were, in the beginning, we would share hotel rooms, like me and the band, like it would be at least two people in every room. So you just kind of, and then on a tour bus, you know, you're, what, 12 people in a sardine can. You just like, you just have to be able to be around people and, and take your own, like, just put on headphones if you want to be alone. Like, you know, and, and you respect that. And it's like, and all of a sudden you kind of prefer it, you know, to just like, it's just nice that someone's there. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting. <laughs> Got some company. It must be yeah. weird if you, like, obviously you've spent last, like, nine years releasing music mm-hmm. and being a touring artist. So, like, you're probably not alone all that often anyway. No, it's no, just not exactly. the lifestyle. Exactly. But I feel like the, um, I do still value my alone time, but I can do that just like, just you know I, I sometimes I'm just in our bedroom just like I'm writing in my journal I'm watching something I'm organizing my clothes I'm painting or like I'm I'm just doing just just frolicking in here and <laughs> we call it with... the British word is pottering, pottering. just pottering yes I'm yeah. pottering around in this yeah. room <laughs> and Charlie will come in and like just checking that you're okay I'm like yeah he's like are you just like I think he just says something Fuffing about, I don't know if that's also something. <laughs> Fuffing about, I, about, I really is that love a key frolicking. That's, <laughs> frolicking, yeah. yeah. That's, that's just, way more fun. Frolicking, yeah. like laughs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but but it's just like, a, he's like, we're all out here watching a movie. I'm like, great, I'm still going to be in here though. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, Get out. Yeah, uh, just taking my time, uh, yeah. <laughs> so growing like up mm-hmm. back in Sweden, I know that you um, had a friend, I remember... I've interviewed you once before, several years ago now at the Rosewood, and we talked about like your ah. formative years in music. And you mentioned mm. that the first thing that kind of got you into the idea of being an artist was having a friend who was in like a teen band. And then yes. obviously you yourself were um, in a band after and you went to music school. So it's mm-hmm. always been a huge part of your life. But we wondered whether you kind of like, in a very straightforward way, like, did you always want to be famous? Like, did you feel that you were going to do something different with your life? Because I feel that that fits even a bit with what you've said of always having this pull of knowing that you would be maybe perhaps a little unconventional or you didn't want to follow like the traditional path. Yeah, I definitely always knew that I wanted to not be in the wheel 
if that makes sense. Like mm. I wanted to be, I just wanted to do something that was kind of unexpected and something I hadn't experienced. Like in music kind of felt like the the road to that. And I think I've just never, I've never liked like routine or like knowing what happens too far into the future and, and like stuff like that. And I think, and like, and just this is so like it's ridiculous but having to show up like I mean I had so many jobs right after high school you know I, I didn't go to um, college so I, I like was you know I worked at Urban Outfitters I worked at a bakery I worked as a I worked at the coat check in like this music arena I worked at a bar I just did all the things you know and then I was and I, but I did not like that I had to show up at you know the same time every day it really bothered me. <laughs> we speak to so. a lot of our guests have a problem with authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, oh, I actually think, yeah, no, if I think, if I think it was a good boss, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, you're, you're, you know what you're talking about. Like I, mm. but it respect you. But obviously a lot of time I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, so probably, yeah, problem with authority. But I, um, I feel like, uh yeah I just I just always knew that I wanted to do something different and it wasn't I was always like once I started freelancing as a cover singer and like doing backup singing and like kind of session singing and like uh, recording demos for people um I was so happy I wasn't making a lot of money but it was enough to pay my rent and you know living in Sweden you kind of have this cocoon of protection because your healthcare is covered you don't really have to think about you can always go back to school without having to spend a ton of money. So um, I kind of feel felt like I'm just going to do this for a while and see what happens, you know. And I felt very happy then because I was living off music. And if I did a few cover gigs and some session jobs a week, I was like, I could then spend time writing my own music. And like, I could kind of wake up whenever I wanted, you know. And yeah. So quite quickly, I sort of made that life for myself I was working a lot but it was like you know on my terms in a way it felt like and and I think just but the but then once you know but seeing my friends you know and I was obviously still am very close to that corner pop and their career started taking off a lot earlier than mine and seeing that then I got like oh I want to do that so badly like touring the world like getting to play shows and like you know I would go and visit them on the road and it was just I just thought it was so cool you know and I, that was like and even then the main thing was also like the studio writing the music was like my you know that was like something I really really wanted to get good at and so I don't know it was I was always drawn out of where I like you know where I was always drawn out of where the natural way for me to have gone would have been if that makes sense mm. yeah did you feel like there was something special about you? I feel like... No. <laughs> <laughs> Very quick answer. <laughs> Sorry, finish the question if you want, but that would be No, I think you have answered <laughs> yeah. it too much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I, I was surrounded by so many special people who like mm. had that, you know, I think also... I mean, I was, this is also like, this is not how I view myself. Now I know that I have a lot of talents, but my, one of my big talents though, is that I am not naturally good at things, but I practice, like mm. I will practice till I get it. So like, and now obviously with all the experience, I've gotten good, you know, at, at like things, but singing's the same, writing the same, dancing, like anything. But if I really, you know, focus on it, I will get, good um because mm. I won't give up <laughs> your 10,000 hours <laughs> yes yeah and I think that was kind of something you know, I was told so often like you know you don't really have a your voice doesn't have you're a good singer but your voice doesn't really have any like special character to it and I don't think I could pick you out from 10 different demo singers like that was something I was told like you don't really have an artist look about you you're kind of ordinary looking um <sighs> you don't have that special men, charisma Mostly men, but not oh. all men actually, but mostly men. Yeah, definitely mostly men. But like, you don't have that special charisma or like, um, I think it was actually one person told me, you're just like a little bit too intelligent. You just know too much what's going on. Like as an artist, you kind of have to be just like we a little bit like- We can't exploit you. No, it was like, I sat there and I was like, 
are you serious right now? Like, actually? Like, yeah, you just, you know, you seem too on it. Like, you know, it's, I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm leaving. This yeah. is not. <laughs> that is beyond parody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd think like this those, those things people like nobody would ever say that i'm like it happened oh my god, <laughs> god. yeah why there's the song song on the album the one with child trez which i love the attention mm. whore like yes. is that really how you like see yourself do you think have you always been a a performer by nature yeah, yeah. i mean it's obviously tongue-in-cheek you know that song but it's, it's about i definitely like this is i've told this story before i think but I, <laughs> something i would do as a kid like this is just showing I was I was definitely an attention whore as a kid. Like I was so <laughs> like just would get so dramatic when I when like all eyes weren't on me. I'd just be like sad. Just like I was just also like in general, maybe like a bit of a moody kid. Like I, I would get sad quite often. But I <laughs> I I would we would go to our neighbor's house for like you know, in south of Sweden where I grew up, I was like five or something. And we'd like, you know, go over there and like every all the neighbors would be there or like barbecue or something, and then I'd be like Okay, everybody's here. And then like, mom, and I would go back home across the street and change into my princess dress and put on my like rainbow laced shoes and then like walk back over to like make an entrance. So that everyone would be like, <laughs> oh, wow, look at you. <laughs> oh my God, like, I love that. Would love it. <laughs> like, I need the paparazzi waiting. Yes, yes, where are they? Um, that was definitely something that I uh, enjoy. And I think just, but attention horse like, also about that was about my my sassy drunk jealous side when I like am feeling myself but I'm also like why why are you like talking to other people like I'm over here looking hot like you should be focused on me <laughs> like that's kind of the attitude of that I feel <laughs> that every Saturday yeah. night yes um <laughs> but also I also find it quite hot when they're getting attention yeah but then they know for to- sure not engaged yeah um i mean anyway. it's honestly like if i didn't if i didn't like that it would be a really hard relationship because he he's very handsome but like girls come up and like give their phone numbers to him in front of me and i'm like sorry take it yeah. <laughs> oh like sorry you have to you have to leave now <laughs> no but i quite i quite enjoy i also like to be honest quite enjoy like i don't mind like we're pretty like chill like I don't mind him flirting with other people a little bit like I think flirting is harmless and kind of fun and it's like yeah you know it's like fun to get some attention like that yeah. you know and so so I don't mind that at all because like maybe if things weren't so good between us like if I didn't feel like he was uh we're very like you know loving and physical and tell each other that we love each other and how hot we are all the time <laughs> you know it's like a very yeah. sort of affirmation and I think if we didn't have that and then we both would be flirting with other people. I don't think I would like it, you know, because then you don't like the number one, like our thing needs to be like the most like um, sort of like that's where all the like attraction and love is. And then like the other stuff is kind of fun and harmless, you know, but if we didn't have that sort of communication, I don't think I'd be like as down with it. Yeah, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, this is a big question. (laughs) But do you believe that like humans are innately monogamous or do you think we're actually polyamorous and we've societally conditioned ourselves to be in I feel like I feel like there's a I think it's ridiculous to think that you know when people like no I'm only attracted to you you're the only only hot person in the world all of a sudden like I think you have to be able to talk about other people being attractive you have to sort of like um I mean also because I'm pan we just kind of check out other people together as well a little bit stuff like that Mm. but I think I think it's really individual I think some people can't be monogamous so they shouldn't be in a monogamous relationship and I think um for for me it's it's honestly been very dependent on who I've been with you know and like I do feel with Charlie, I wouldn't be like, yeah, go sleep with that girl, have fun. Like, I do not feel like that. No, <laughs> at all. Not. Absolutely not. But but I'm also like, I'm also like, who knows down the line? You know, I'm, I'm kind yeah. of not as like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm open to the idea, but I'm not naturally polyamorous. That's mm. how I would say, yeah. And um, how do you feel if we're allowed to use the F word as a famous mm. woman, do you find that men and women are scared to come up to you or do you also get attention the same as Charlie? Um, no, I definitely get my share of attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but but it's it's like uh, I think girls feel very free to come up to me and like you know kind of just start making out with me with no questions asked and I'm like okay hang on <laughs> wait <laughs> I'm um but guys seem a little bit more intimidated like they'll I can just they'll still come up to me but it's like hey uh you know I feel like they're yeah again the like the the fear of saying the wrong thing uh it's definitely more more obvious in in guys than in, in girls in that situation well if they've seen the to die for you video with yes. the exceptional corset dildo <laughs> piece I yes. don't know if that's what you call it but I can see why a lesser man might be a little bit yeah, intimidated I think that's what it is it's my big dick energy probably that's the uh, that the the bd shines shines through as all day feel threatened I don't know so um Sean Paul, who was a guest before you, talked oh, us. I love Sean it, Paul. It was amazing. He Collaborator. Us, yes, he told us about how fame creates a kind of narcissism complex and that mm-hmm. he and his wife have actually had to go to couple therapy to talk about that together, um, to work through it. I wondered if narcissism is something you've ever thought about. I think it's something celebrities often have to consider when obviously you become famous oh, to an extent. Your whole life is yeah. about your career. Yeah, I mean, I think that you have to be a little bit of a narcissist to be able to be an artist because you wouldn't be an artist otherwise. It's yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm so, I just think it's like you, your whole, everyone who works with you is focused on you. You're focused on you. You, you know, spend hours talking about your craft and yourself and you write music about your experiences. It's just, it kind of is impossible to not have you don't have to be not saying you're a bad person, but you, there is a bit of narcissism there because um, otherwise you wouldn't even do it because I don't know. I'm just very like and people are like, oh, why? Why is everyone focused on me? Stop it. I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, why else would you like want to stand on stage and like have thousands of people sing back words you wrote or like make them clap or wave because you're controlling their movements like you know there's like and that is obviously like a beautiful moment to share so I don't want to like but I think you have to be a little bit honest with yourself to like yeah check your narcissism like that's part of being self-aware that like make sure that when you're not on stage or when you're not like in your artist mode make sure that you put focus on other people because naturally, that won't come naturally to you always. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you definitely don't come across as a narcissist, I have no. to say. You come across No, but like I think it's the... Extremely self-aware. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, maybe that's, maybe that's the, the, the proof if you are or not. If you are self-aware, you're not a narcissist. <laughs> Is that the kind of the thing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I, I feel like I, I definitely can be... Um, but I check myself a lot. Um, I also have people around me who check me, which is good, mm. you know. Um, and I think Swedish culture is very good for, like, it kind of pushes you not to be a narcissist. Like, mm. our culture way is very anti that. Well, that's good. <laughs> have, you, um, mm-hmm. have you done therapy? And if so, is there one thing that you would like to thank your therapist for? We always ask our guests to share that. Oh, my God. Tip. I mean, so much therapy. Um, my mom's a therapist, so, you know, there was no oh. stigma. Um, yeah, but I also um, went to a lot of therapy for many years for, for my eating disorders that I struggled, struggled with in my mm-hmm. teens. Um, so I definitely went for years um, to first to break the behavior and then the like sort of um, vicious cycle that you end up in, like um, in your thought patterns and your actual, like how you behave in terms of counting and like kind of like obsessive behavior. And then once I'd done that therapy, you kind of have to go to therapy to deal with what actually is going on. Cause it's rarely about food, you know? So I think, um, I can't, I can't remember like, a cause the kind of therapy I went to was not, they're not really, it's not cognitive. So you're not really giving advice. You're just kind of making yourself, um, get there on your own. But, um, I think a really good advice that my mom gave me <laughs> as a therapist, you know, but not, you know, as a mom, I used to to have a really hard time with sort of in in arguments with people if someone would say you know you you doing this this is how you doing something made me feel I would get super defensive and kind of double down because that wasn't my intention and I would get like 
I would just defend myself instead of listening and say, oh, they're not saying I did something wrong, really. They're just saying what I did made them feel some type of way. And I should just apologize for making them feel that way and kind of listening to what in what in the way that I in the way that I behave, like what did I do to make them feel that way and how maybe I can change that without having to be so like you've messed up, you know, or, or um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it was really something I needed to kind of be able to handle confrontation and also like um, being, you know, kind of critical about yourself and something that you've done wrong without going too deep into self um, hatred. Cause I think after all the years with um, eating disorders, you have a very strong feeling of self-hate. So once you're kind of free from that, you kind of try to protect yourself and be kind to yourself, but that also then turns into that you have a really hard time with criticism. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was a lot, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No uh, no clear, like, what, like one sentence advice, just like, um, but yeah, I highly recommend therapy. Like, it's saved me many times, yeah. And amazing that your mm -hmm. mom's a therapist as well. Is she still a therapist? Yeah. Uh, she's retired now, but, um, you know, still very good at advice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, talking of your mental health, I think mm -hmm. obviously fame, you know, it's all, I think people who are in the limelight are, feel reluctant maybe to talk about the downsides of being famous because they feel mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a privilege and they don't want to seem ungrateful. But what do you think the cost of fame has been to you practically or with your mental health mm, I figured out pretty pretty quickly that like don't read too many like don't read the comments basically because if you get too deep into the troll section um even if you're able to like deflect it and like whatever that's just like the haters it still goes it still is it goes in there you know and I think that um, I'm very happy that I was just like free from all my body issues when I started my career because I never could have handled any of that, you know, because of how they like dissect you. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the, um, I think, but I think the number one thing for me is, I would say is finding new sincere relationships because there's a feeling of, there's always a feeling of like uh, people always wanting something from you. Even if the relationship is real, like, people always want something from you and it's never going to be enough. I think mm. that would be the number one thing that you just have to come to terms with. Like, it's never going to be enough. Um, and that's just, it's impossible to to make everybody happy or, or give so much of yourself to everyone. You need to set up your own, like, boundaries um, for what you can handle because you're still, it's still just one human. Even if you have all this, you know, love and, and people around you and get all this attention and, and like uh, you know it is a privilege and it is uh, very much like a dream come true there's still like you're still just one person yeah <laughs> yeah of course and mm. we always ask our guests to set the record straight on something what is the uh. most annoying misconception about you that you want to correct um I think it's definitely not a, a thing anymore but there was a while where people didn't think that I went through vocal cord surgery. They think that I went to rehab. And oh. that is like, that vocal cord surgery was like the most traumatizing thing that I've been through. So, and it was like, you know, uh, took a lot of effort for me to get back into like, it was a long rehab process of my voice. Was <laughs> you it know, damaged from to... just overuse with gigging yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that like when I heard that, that really like, bothered me because it was such a traumatic experience for me and something I really had to work hard to get back into like being able to sing again so then like I didn't go to rehab I went Why through that, that and I need support I don't know someone started a rumor somewhere oh, <laughs> fuck them I got asked so many questions about it. so you know the rumor was that people pe you were trying to say that you went to you had voice surgery but um people now know that you went to rehab I'm like no no, <laughs> I had to like deflect it so oh many my times. God. Okay. I don't think that's the case anymore, but yeah, that was a, yeah. No rehab. No rehab. <laughs> no yeah, rehab. Is that your worst yeah. thing that like journalists do as well? Like as journalists, when this is in our space, mm. our podcast, we always like to ask, like be real with us, what's the most jarring thing or the most annoying thing that journalists do? 
I think the most annoying thing is uh, when they ask me about, <laughs> this is very specific, but literally it's been eight years of every single person asking me, you've been called the saddest girl in Sweden oh. by Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> How do you deal with that? And I'm like, that's not anything to deal with. And also, have you not read, like every interview ever has asked me that question. I'm like, I'm not answering that question anymore. <laughs> So will you literally it's not, not answer insult. it? No. no, not anymore. I'm done. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have not asked it. So Thank you God. did not ask Thank it. God. Well done. <laughs> so we always uh, ask at the end of our interviews. Mm. We ask for a bit of advice, a straight up SOS. So for us and for mm-hmm. our largely female listeners, but maybe some male listeners will gain something from this as well. You're a very sexually liberated person, which we yes. love to see. What is the one tip you can give our listeners to spice up their sex life? Oh, I would say, first of all, don't take it too seriously. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> and yes. like, um, but I love a little bit of role play. And mm-hmm. it can be really small, but I think even like meeting up on a date, like in a bar and pretend that you're other people, it can be, you don't have to dress up or anything. You can just do different yeah. names is, and even if you stop halfway through, it is, it will get you going. If you get like, if you feel like you're a little bit stuck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it Ooh, is really awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to try that. I need to be a bit drunk to do that. Yes. Quite drunk. Yeah. Hi. Definitely be drunk. Be <laughs> drunk is fine. <laughs> Amazing tip. Thank you. Yes. Excellent tip. Okay, so finally, we have a question from our previous guest to end on. We always mm-hmm. have our previous guest ask a question for the next. Our guest prior to you was an incredible podcaster, musician and author who is in the kind of astrology space. Um, she's a big fan of yours. We told her that oh, we were chatting to you. And she wanted to know... And her name is Kagi Dunlop. And she would like Amazing. to know... What is the most liberating thing you've ever done? Ooh, the most liberating thing I've ever done. Flash my tits on stage. That yes, is the, I'm so glad you said that most, at Glastonbury. Yeah. Yes. Well done, It's you. the most uh, liberating thing I do a lot. <laughs> but it, is, it is my favorite. Like, I feel very powerful and free in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> How have you got to a place where you feel so comfortable with that, where as you have talked about and as you sing about on Grapefruit, mm. you have struggled with body image in the past. Like, it's amazing that you've become so yeah. confident. I mean, that was just years of body positivity training, honestly. And like, I think it's a little mini victory for me every time, you know, to like be so comfortable in my skin now when I used to hate it so much. So it's a it's a really good feeling. Yeah. Do you have a question for our upcoming guests? You won't know who they are yet, but just any question. I mean, our last guest, uh, one of our questions has been, what's your favorite dessert? So it could be anything. (laughs) Anything. Um, But they'll be very famous. So they're often about fame. Oh, okay. Um, Oh my God, so much pressure. What do I want to ask? Sorry. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Let me think for one second. Okay. Do you give up more in your music than what you say face to face to your own family and people Ooh. close to you. Love Ooh. that. <laughs> what a fabulous place to end. Fantastic. Tuba, thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, Tuba. Thank you. This was really lovely. We loved it. Yeah, that was really lovely. We are your super fans. We are obsessed with the album. Love it. This is a really fun conversation. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.